Welcome to the Genuine Gals Podcast, where we talk about real shit in a fun way. Just two gal pals talking about life like we're out to lunch. Let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome. We're so excited to be doing this podcast. I'm Cami. I'm Gail. And I guess first, we'll just kind of talk a little bit about ourselves so you kind of know who you're listening to. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, So like I said, I'm Cami. I am 31 years old. I'm married. I have two dogs. We have a house we love with a pool, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, in my spare time outside of my nine to five job, you know, I love to watch my husband cook for me. (laughs) And usually while he's doing that, I'm, I'm reading a book of sorts, whether it's like a self-help book or a fiction book from my uh, book club or something like that. And playing with the dogs, honestly, I love reading articles about health and how we can, you know, feel better, look better honestly, more on the feel better side. I do, I have different health things, you know, everything from being gluten intolerant to, you know, having a dairy sensitivity. Health is something that's kind of top of mind for me, but I'm always looking for ways to just feel good. And then on the flip side, you know, I, I went to school for business, so I have a very, business mindset, whether that's, you know, how to accomplish things efficiently and effectively, training and implementing new new ways of doing things, helping businesses scale and grow, all that kind of stuff. So really a lot of my my background lies in strategy and consultation. You know, as my current job stands, I'm I'm the chief of staff to the COO, so heavy in operations. Um But I'm hoping in this podcast to bring a little side of the creative part of me. You know, I I used to be in fashion, all that kind of stuff, and and bring that to you guys as well as kind of the life and consultant part of me to this as well. Um, So that's a little roundabout version of me. So I'll toss it over to you, Gail. Thank you, Cam. (laughs) So uh, my name is Gail and I'm originally from Arizona. So we've got two desert cacti, no, desert yes. lizards. What are they desert, called? Desert lizards. Desert lizards here with you today. Oh, and but, we went to college together. So then, yeah. you know, we've got the Arizona. Yes. Yeah. So from I'm born and raised Arizona. We met in college and uh, forged a deep friendship bond there. And over time, it's just grown and grown even more. So I, so we met in college, I studied comparative cultural studies with an emphasis in religion. So I had a lot of background in Western religion, especially Christianity. And then in my undergrad, I specialized in Eastern religions, specifically Buddhism, Hinduism, and Jainism kind of compared them a little bit. It's very interesting to me. And then I spent some time doing grant writing and other stuff out in the world, just learning how to, I guess, grow up really, because your early 20s are for that. I don't think my prefrontal cortex fully developed until I was 27. So uh, 20 through 27, I just was really fortifying my brain and then eventually decided I wanted to become a librarian, went to school for library science. That's why I moved to California. And got my degree in library and information science, did a lot of research. That's my main interest. I read a lot as well. And I primarily prefer nonfiction, especially educational psychology, uh, learning science, and then also evolutionary psychology, personality psychology. I'm really interested in neuroscience as well. And pretty much anything to do with the brain, personalities, gender, all the things that make us up. So I bring that piece here and Cami is more fun and creative and free. And so she brings that to my life. And so we were going to get into our first podcast, kind of talking about how we balance each other out. And the symbol that came to mind when we first had that discussion was the yin and the yang symbol. So Cami, I know you had a good introduction for that. So I'll hand it back over to you. Yeah. Well, I think the... The yin and the yang is very much 
I like it because it talks about balance and really, you know, everyone needs a little balance in life, right? We talk about work-life balance. We talk about just how do we balance family and, and, you know, work or friends and all these different things. And so I know I, I didn't even know what it meant when I was younger. I had like a little necklace that had the yin and the yang. I thought I was so, you know, like a little hippie and, but realistically the, the yin and the yang is, is very symbolic and kind of how one can live and how one can be, you know, the, the yin is, I believe that's the black side of things. And that is the feminine side. And then the yang is the white side. And that's kind of the more masculine side. And, um, there's a lot more details that shake out there, but, um, we, as a, I guess you could say partnership, um, in this podcast and friendship, I definitely channel more of the feminine side and Gail really channels more of the the masculine side on things, but I think we interchange as well. So Gail, I'll let you get into some of the, um, deeper meaning more in the, the Chinese side of things. Yeah. So like you said, it's a Chinese symbol and from Taoism, so Lao Tzu, I think is how you say his name, probably butchering all of the Chinese sounds, though. <laughs> so just a caveat. So Lao Tzu, and he essentially, the, the Tao is, I think, the way. And so it was this ancient philosophy and, and spiritual guide to how to live, like what is what is the way. And the Tao Te Ching, I think, was primarily the first place that introduced the yin and yang symbol. Like you said, it's got the masculine order, the feminine chaos. And um, within the circle, there are two snakes chasing each other's tails. And essentially the symbol is, you know, the snakes or the snake that eats itself. And the snake that eats itself is the cyclical nature of life that continually has the balance of order and chaos. And neither is bad or good in itself, but each one has, you know, the extent of it can become bad and the balance of it can become good. So the snakes are black and white, but each of the opposite snakes has the color of the other snake as its eye. And that's to show that chaos does not exist without order. And there is no such thing as just chaos without being touched by order and vice versa order is always touched by a little bit of chaos or more. And then reading directly from one of the textbooks that goes into the symbol talks about how, like you mentioned, yang is the order masculinity. It's light because it represents the day, the territory of the known, right? What we've already explored. And then it can go into things like authoritarianism and fascism. So too much order and too much oppression. And then the yin is chaos and femininity. It's the nighttime. It's the unknown, the things we cannot see, but the things that we can abstract our potential from and learn more, right? That's what we're kind of trying to explore in this podcast a little bit is we're even experiencing each other in new ways. There's unknown parts of Cami that Gail doesn't know and vice versa, right? And so as we tread that new territory of our friendship, that is the chaos where we can forge something deeper and grow more. And then uh, the more negative features of the yin are decadence, right? A lot you, you're sitting too much in letting, um, no, what's the word? Uh, it's not gluttony, but it's decadence, I guess, where you're just only looking for comfort and cushion and you never challenge yourself. Um, and also nihilism, like too much chaos, nothing matters kind of nihilism. So those are the main clips from this particular textbook from uh, Maps of Meaning, Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Um, And this is from one of his Harvard classes, I believe. And, you know, I think exactly what you're saying too, you can already see the the different sides of our friendship. She's very research based. I'm very much, um, you know, kind of free spirited and just kind of bring. Uh, we both bring that genuine spin, which is kind of why we called our podcast the Genuine Gals. Uh, we want this conversation. We want everyone listening to 
know that we're genuinely just talking about life and we are genuinely, we have these uh, thoughts and conversations around weird things in life about as a woman, just as a person, as, you know, a wife, a fiance, a sister, a a daughter, a friend, like there are just so many different perspectives that we as women, and as well as just people that we both bring different perspectives to, which can be missing in the world is, is looking for opposing views, right? Like I, I 100% believe that in order for me to be a good human, I need opposing views. I need people in my life like Gail that can say, well, why did you do that? Or what, what made that sound like a good idea or someone asking the hard questions while also giving me, Hey, you know, that probably wasn't a good thing to do, even though I'm sitting here thinking it's great. Like there's no way for me to improve myself. If I have everyone on my side saying, you did great, which, Hey, you need that too. You need supporters. And Gail does support me and I support her, but we support each other in a way that's making each other better. And we're very, very clear and open about the fact of, Hey, if I'm coming at you in no way, shape or form, am I against you? I'm just trying to help you be better. And we're very much on the same page when it comes to that. Yeah. When people only tell you things you want to hear, they're not for you. There's this idea that, you know, if you tell someone the truth, you're attacking them and I get it. There's a tactful way to tell the truth, but if you want what's best for somebody, you want to, you want them to orient properly with what they're good at and what they're, I mean, obviously you shouldn't just criticize (laughs) people and say, you suck at this. Right. But I think when when for me, when people poke me to think about things, to think things through and ask myself why I did them, reflect on that, they're pushing me to become a better person because they know I have more potential. And that to me feels more like they're in my corner as opposed to them just kind of ignoring and letting me kind of sit in my own ignorance Yeah. And I think we've talked about this many times before, um, and it's such a good topic in the sense that when's the right place and why I would say I would do that to you, but maybe not a new friend that I just made that I don't really know. Um, and I think it's really interesting because a lot of times when we think about new people in general, right? Someone walking down the street or someone that you just had dinner with in a group of friends or something like that, that you don't know. Some people are very mindful of like, well, I don't know that person. I don't either a want to set them off or B, I don't know how, you know, they take stuff like that. I don't know if they want to hear that truth be told. I just don't know them. Whereas Gail on the flip side likes to just tell the truth all the time. And even if she just met them is right out the gate saying, Hey, X, Y, and Z. And although I think it's, it's, you stay true to yourself, Gail, all the time. And I, I admire that so much about you. I think that's powerful. There is also power in letting people have a casual conversation without kind of a depth to it. I think a lot of people don't want a mirror held up at all times, you know, and, and being able to look it in the face, right? There's a lot of people who just want to go out to a bar and have conversation about pop culture or about the guy that's standing over there or about, you know, the whatever they saw on TV that day, whatever it is, you know, and and I think that that's just human nature. And I think that as you make friends, as you, as you form friendships, those kinds of conversations, the deep conversations, they come like they, they do, they walls are broken down and trust is built. I think trust is the biggest thing in the whole of it. Right. I think the, 
majority of people have walls up because something's been done wrong to them or, um, you know, they, they put their heart on their sleeve and they got, you know, it got stomped on, um, by friends and it, it happens all the time. Um, and so our coping mechanism as people is, well, just not going to let people in until I know for sure that they are my people, which is, Hey, it's totally fair. I do it too. I think I'm protective of my people. I am, um, also you have to be protective of yourself. That's, that's fair. Right. Mm -hmm. I think when we kind of you and I, especially we came from a particular friend group and just overall environment that was very deep, very quickly because we were in a Christian world, which nothing wrong with the Christian world, the Christian space and all that. It's, it's great. You, you, I won't get too into that, but it's, it's, that's a fine way to be another too. Topic. Yeah. Another topic for another day. It, it's a great place to be too, but I think the real world, the way the majority of the world works is on the side of you keep it surface level in the initial and you get to know people. And then as you hang out more and more, you either decide that that's your kind of person or it's not. Mm -hmm. And there are so many scenarios, you know, whether it be, you know, moving to a new city and having to make new friends or, you know, all of your friends moving away, whatever it is, when you have to make new friends in your adult life, after college and all of that, it is, it is more difficult. And I don't think that we were set up for success in that way of making yeah. new friends in the real world. We, we 100% yeah. were not. Um, and so I honestly, like I, I turned to drinking. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. No one's talking about anything. And in the initial, when I first got out of college, I was like, what is happening? And then just through observation, and being able to see, gosh, okay, whew, let me take a step back. Like we're not talking about each other's hearts and each other's lives and all of that. That's not common. Like we, I, I need to talk about other things that interest me. What actually interests me? <laughs> like yeah. I had to figure that out too, because I didn't, I didn't have interests outside of like Christian, the Christian space and work. So it was like, okay, yeah, I, I do watch a lot of TV. Let me talk about like the most recent show I was watching, bringing up, okay, Hey, I, mm. did you watch that show you or, you know, oh my gosh, what about this character? And like talking about that and relating on a level because you have to find common ground, finding common ground and actually knowing like, okay, I'm not going to connect with every single human, but how do I figure out if I connect? Oh, we have the same interests, right? So all of that to say, to bring it back to your point about telling the truth, it comes with time. And I, I'm all about staying true to yourself. Um, and there are people out there that you can find that are similar to you and truth tellers. Um, and I think you can tell the, tell the truth, right? Like if someone's telling you a story about something they did and they feel bad about it, or the other person didn't react well to it, um, you know, is that you're in to be, to ask those tough questions? Maybe, maybe it is. And, but maybe you change your tone. Yeah. Maybe you, you know change the words up a little bit instead of flat out the gate. Like, why did you do that? Maybe you add a little fluff and you say, interesting. Like, I, I think your approach was great, but I am curious. Why do you think that that person didn't react well to it and get them thinking on another end, not so much about like lead them to the water essentially without pointing straight at it. Maybe in your first, you know, especially if you just met this person. Right. So I think there's ways to go about it that are true to you without kind of being quote unquote, some people could see it as attacking. Right. Yeah. So that was a long roundabout way of getting there, <sighs> but I think there's, there's a lot in there. 
Well, just for context. So the background that Cami and I come from is very, like you described, open and you share your life story the moment you meet people and and then they share theirs and you connect on that deep level. And nah, that's not how the real world works. But I will say there's something to that because all of my deep long-term relationships have all, we're all forged through that and right. make genuine relationships. 100%. Yeah. So, and then also for context, I'm not just going around meeting new people and saying, oh, you have this, you know, it's more like, like you just described the example, which is you ask questions and the questions that I ask can either point directly at it, which can be blinding, right? Or you can do baby steps and like slowly probe for it. But I, I don't know that when I ask a question, it's pointing directly at it. It's like, my questions are like, oh, is it because of this? Like, oh, you didn't want to get to the bottom of it. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. You know, it, you know, it's more like, um, oh, that's interesting. Cause I also like talking about pop culture and music, but I'm yeah. more like the last conversation I had about music was somebody was doing research on what makes a song popular. And then we just talked like, instead of having a discussion, yeah. oh, I like this song. And, oh, I think my favorite song has these elements that made it pop. You know, it was more like, what are the logistics of the methodology that you're using? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just me and two other people having that conversation and everyone else was like, <laughs> you know, glassy eyed, like what the hell, why are we going here? So it wasn't like it, I was probing for intimacy. It was more yeah. like, that's more where I'm at now. I'm not trying to reveal people's raw souls anymore. I'm right. trying to like learn something and I'm curious. And I think my questions are too abrupt or I don't know you've so I think that's I was just gonna say it needs like a a lead-in maybe of like hey okay I'm just curious you know and tell me you know I I always I guess I I usually kind of sugarcoat it all of really heavily of like hey I'm just curious you know and and if this is not something that you want to talk about by all means let me know you know when you said this, like, do you think that maybe it was like a little bit about this, you know? And like, I think sugarcoating it that way kind of gives it more of like a fun loving, like she's self-aware enough to know that like, this might not be the setting for it. I can kind of roundabout answer it and then be like, yeah, I know you're right. I don't want to talk about it. Like it gives them the window to turn you down Mm. in a fun loving way, because I think a lot of times people get awkward when they're like, shit. I don't want to talk about what she just asked me. I don't want to make this awkward for everyone and be like, no, that's dumb. I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Like those are all the things that like innately we like kind of go through. And then you can read someone's body language too, while they're doing that, either they're like all of a sudden turned away from you or they stop making eye contact or they, you know, just shut you out of the circle, like things like that. And they're all very elementary ways of doing things, but it happens. I've done it. Like I 100% there's this annoying person sitting there trying to talk my ear off and we're sitting in a bar and I'm like, listen, I get it. I used to be that girl, but like get a clue, you know? And like, (laughs) it, it, it's just one of those things where you're like, I'm, I don't want to have to sit here and tell this person, Hey, you kind of need to take it down a notch. This is too much for this setting. Like if I have to, I will to defuse a bomb. Right. But I think that there's, there's just a time and a place and majority of people are not good at confrontation. Majority of people hate confrontation. Right. And so that's like how they use those mechanisms to avoid confrontation, but also like, Hey, eyes wide, like this is not the time read my eyes, you know? And so, um, I think those are things that kind of like what you were saying of like, you want something deeper. They, they did serve a purpose for you in in that time, but not everyone wants that or knows how to have that conversation. Right. So you saying like about the music, it's like, I, I would have no idea how to have a conversation like that. And, and nor am I really interested in having, like, I I'll, mm-hmm. I'll listen to it all day long, but at some point I'm going to get bored. Yeah. And like, not, and that's what makes the world go round, right? Like everyone is so different in what they're looking for. And it's your prerogative also when you're listening to a conversation to get up and walk away, like 
that's what I do. I'm like, if I'm not interested, it's awkward as hell. Cause in my brain, I'm like, I just walked away from their conversation. I clearly just told them I'm not interested in this conversation very clearly, but I never had to say it. And I'm not going to interrupt them and be like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, I'm just going to get up and walk away. And that's again, like the people having that conversation should not feel self-conscious either because I also just saved them from having, from me having stood there awkwardly. I'm thinking more in like a party setting, right? Where, you know, several people, maybe not necessarily like out to dinner with a group of friends and you're landlocked at a table, right? But even doing that, like, I think there's times where subconsciously I'm like, they're having a conversation, there's six of us, right? Or they're having a conversation about one thing. And then, you know, us at this end of the table, we're just listening. I then like kind of turn and be like, oh, they said like, what about this? And like, you know, kind of have a side conversation. Mm. And some people hate that that happens. I don't know. I don't know if that, like, I do it because I, I'm like, I have something to add, but I can't, you know, maybe I can't get a word in edgewise and they're really on a roll, you know? And it's like, well, I, I'm going to talk to my, my like friend over here about something similar, but you know, offshoot. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think there's just so many, so many roundabout ways of, of kind of doing it and reading the room of what's going on, you know? Yeah. It depends on the context. Cause I end up, yes. in a, I end up in social situations with nerds and they're all about that. And, and usually and people, great. when they're, we have expertise about something, yeah, you ask them, they'll just yeah. pull out the whiteboard and I'm all ears. Teach me something. So right. this is just one deep example of how we complement each other. Right. So this is really just a good example of how you help keep me socially conscious. I don't know. I I want to be a cool girl, but I've never been. I've never been. I've always been like the weirdo. <laughs> I guess. So, that's not. I mean, that's not Yami fully true. No. Yami helps me I mean, a cool girl. And, I think uh, it's it's like I mean, it's like putting a label on it. If you had to put a label on it, I think it's like it's like describe. When I say cool, it's not meaning in the sense of like popular or anything like that. I think it's like cool and breezy. Like you just can kind of go with this. You know, it's like that instead of like super. I feel like it's either you're really pointed or you're just kind of like you said you're you're, uh, yeah yeah and I I don't even think it's like nerdy I because sometimes I can like we can all tap into those different areas I would say like there are times like I remember for sure even at my wedding like I remember looking over at you and you're on the lounge chair and you're jamming by yourself and you know all of that <laughs> kind of a weirdo <laughs> no not weirdo they were people thought else, I was high literally everyone thought that you were high <laughs> they're like is she okay I'm like she's jamming on her own like this just, is the music just, gets her music gets her but like even then you know like then you know it makes you approachable like everyone loved talking to you and like then like coming up to you and talking, like you're also very open. Like people, when you do, when you're yourself, people also like attract to you. Like I, it's like a moth to a flame. Like I, I've, you have so many facets about you and I think we all do. Right. Like, I think that there's, there's just, it's a time and a place. It's like reading the room, knowing your audience. Like that was the perfect time and place to really feel the music, you know, and like mm-hmm. all of that. But if you're standing in the middle of the library and you're doing that, you know, everyone's going to be like, and at the same point, you can do it in a library and who gives a I shit, know. right? You do yeah. it in a library. I'm and so music I think- in my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I, I'm on the flip side mm-hmm. of like, I care too much about what people think most of the time. Granted, I've gotten better at it, but that was my MO. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to dance in a public space. I don't want to perform on stage. Like I hated public speaking. And then it like totally turned a corner. Right. And so it's like, I think the biggest thing that helps me. And I think about it all the time is you think about you more than anyone else thinks about you. And so even us saying and nitpicking like your different social scenarios, who gives a shit, right? Like, I think at the end of the day, if you're like, my goal is to make friends that I actually like talking to, okay, 
then that means having the conversations that you like having, and that's going to take you initiating them on the flip side. If you're like, Hey, I want to be, I have these friends that are always here because they're, let's say like for me and like um, all my, um, husband's best friends, wives, like I love them to death. They're my kind of girls, all of that. But what if they weren't like, what if they weren't, what if they were on the total flip side, but I had to see them all the time. I would want to try to be friends with them. Like I would want to try to relate to them. I would want to try to get them out of their shell. And we've all had that instance where you're like, my best friends, like partner sucks. Like, what do you do? You know? And like, I, I know I resort to, I'm going to always try to be friends with them. I mean, I I've done that with anyone, like anyone that's a permanent fixture in my life, I'm going to try to be friends with their partner and find a relatable thing. And at the end of the day, is it someone I'd pick out a out of a crowd and be like, we're best friends? No. But like at the, at the thought of it is it's all based on how you want to carry life forward. Maybe you're the person that says, I don't really care. Like if they're not, if they're not my kind of person, I don't even want to really talk to them. That's fine too. But I feel like we're on the same page of like, if they're going to be in my life, like I'm, I'm going to try to relate to them and have a build a relationship or a bond in some way to them. And it makes you better. Like learning yeah. how to connect to different people helps you develop different skills and oh, paths. And there's 100%. always treasure to be found in everyone. And that's, totally. you gave me a mere reflector thing the other day, which was, I am the same way to everybody. And that's fine until you are in California for four years and don't have meaningful friendships. And then you have to wonder, okay, is there a different type of way to socialize in different contexts? And sure enough, there is. And that's where I needed. So for me, I think I wasn't self-reflecting enough. I wasn't thinking, oh, you know, what did these people think about me? And why aren't they also wanting to go to karaoke? You know, I wasn't doing that at all until I was, I don't know, I guess got into my relationship, my serious relationship with my fiance and was like, oh, he's got so many. I mean, he grew up here, but still he's got so many deep friendships here and we're hanging out with all of his friends. And I was like, that's when I started really thinking about, okay, what am I missing? And so your reflection or your mirror holding essentially was helpful. Of like, maybe the way I've always acted to people needs to be updated, you know? So well, and they say, you know, like through the journey of life, there's chapters and, you know, you, you're ever changing, right? Like we're always constantly changing because we're really yeah. are, we're learning new yeah. things all the time. Um, and so I think for exactly what you said is, I know I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. Um, and I hope to God, I'm not the same person I was a year ago, even Um, you're you're not changing. Is it disingenuously? Is that the word? I can't. Yeah. I like opposite of genuine. You're not changing. You're changing for the better and you're improving, right? Right. You're still, you're you're still yourself. You're still. Yeah. Yeah. Like the foundation is still there. It's not like I, I look at you or I look at myself and I'm like, oh my God, you're totally different. You're not the same person. Like same for you. Like I still see my friend Gail, like we have the similar friendship that we had when we had in college. Right. Like I remember sitting at our, my kitchen bar and like having all of the similar conversations that we still have. Right. But I think, oh, I don't know. We have similar ones, but I think it's, it's yeah, in the sense of like yes. the foundation yes. of how we talk to each other is still there. We've learned a lot, right? Yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, but it's also grown a lot. It's grown so much. And I, I mean, even being able to recognize that and then also then have someone in my life that knows that deep part of myself, because here's the thing. I always dreamt that I would have a high school sweetheart. They would know everything about me. They'd know my, my path. So then we'd be able to kind of have a different bond. Right. Mm -hmm. And my parents had that. So that's why I dreamt of it and all that stuff. So then fast forward to today. And I've known my husband for three and a half years. He doesn't know all that stuff about me, but I love our relationship because it's so forgiving and loving. And we learn about each other and that's still fun too. Like there's, 
there's not someone, you know, there, there's so many different scenarios of relationships. So then on the flip mm-hmm. side, having someone like you in my life, granted, you know, I'll always have my brother and I'll always have my parents, yeah. but they weren't there with me in college in those pivotal years that were so sometimes like dramatic and awful. And then also so fun and energetic. And so being able to have even on the flip side, me for you is like someone who knows you that well is so meaningful that like, I could come to you and like, be like, sorry, like, I remember, sorry, we haven't talked in a while. Oh no, I figured because, you know, I know you're probably going through something. So what's going on? And it's like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. Uh, (laughs) And it's like, I, there, there's just certain things like that, that are a comfort. And where I'm going with this is, is not everyone has that privilege. And I hope that my goal, I know of this podcast is to help other people, other women in in this, like, honestly, sometimes cruel world to find meaningful friendships and like, know that like, they're not alone. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And also help people like me who only know how to connect in an, a unidimensional way. Maybe not a, maybe some people can connect like that, but they don't know how to connect. I don't want to use the word superficial. There's a better word. On there the is. Level. I would say like sur- on a surface level, like uh, dealing with their own boundaries. I don't think it's superficial. It's more so like they're, they're dealing with their own boundaries in the initial or, you know, I, I think it's taken I've, I've had friends in the past where I knew them on a surface level for a couple years and we didn't get deep for, you know, until like the third year of friendship. And that's normal. Like there's instant connection isn't always available and it depends on how you're spending your time. Like I very much, I love a good girl's night, you know, going out, having some drinks, going dancing, like love dancing and all of that. And there, I would say that's definitely, that's probably not the time and place to have like deep conversations. Granted, you know, if we go to dinner, we catch up, whatever. Um, sure. That's perfect. Right. Like we're, we're all catching up all of that. You know, you, you chat with the person next to you, all that, but then, you know, when you're in a loud bar, it's probably not what you're doing. You're wanting to have drinks, people watch dance, all of that stuff. Like that's, that's what you're there for. It's just like a good wholehearted fun. You get to just think about what you're doing in the moment, not necessarily the outside world. I mean, I, and I love those times for me. I'm like, give me that once a quarter. I'm good. Yeah. And then, I mean, I love my favorite is more like one-on-one time. It always has been, I thought maybe I could be a group hang person, which I can be if, if I like have time to prepare myself, but the one-on-one time with friends to me is so special. And it just like, that's our friendship right there. Or even if it's just a smaller group, like four people, you know, mm-hmm. that to me, that's like good quality time. And I've always valued good quality time. And like, whether that be like, you know, having some wine and like playing games or just, I mean, I lo- love going for a walk, love going for a hike. Like, I think there's just there's different ways of cultivating a friendship. And I, I've had this conversations many of times with girlfriends is like, some people just aren't as forward about what they're looking for. Right. Like in dating, it's always like, I'm looking for this and blah, blah, blah. But truthfully friendship, people are looking for different things. Friendship means something different for everyone. Um, based on, you know, whether that's the past of gosh, here's the model of friendship I have in the past. And that's how I've lived my life up until now, or it's, I read it in a book and this is what friendship needs to look like, or I see it on Instagram and this is what friendship needs to look like. Like there are so many influences in our life that honestly, majority of our I can get down a rabbit hole here, but majority of our thoughts are not original thoughts. Like what we think our life should look like is not an original thought. It's coming from somewhere else, right? Like we can get as creative as we want, but it's all usually stemming from something else. So you yourself have to decide and have, like you're saying, like 
a self-check of like, do I actually want that? Do I actually want to do that? Do I actually want to go out and have drinks tonight with a big group? I actually don't. I'd rather stay at home and be with my husband or yeah, that sounds fun tonight, you know? And like, I think Instagram and just social media in general has really tarnished what we think we want because we think society wants us to do these things. So it's like subconscious of, yeah, I need to go do something on a Friday night. Like I remember, you know, even being in high school or college, like if you're sitting at home on a Friday night, you're a loser. And it's like, Oh God, where did that come from? You know? And it's like, gosh, we learned at such a young age that we need to be doing these things in order to be cool or to have friends. Right. When guaranteed there's another girl or another guy that wants to stay home on a Friday night. So interesting. Cause I think it's the way I act assumes that it's more cool to do the other, the other stuff is to not, yeah. is to aim for bettering yourself and studying and staying home and reading. And I respect those people. I think everyone does. Honestly, I think everyone admires people who stretch their brain and develop themselves into an awesome, competent person. I think we all admire them, even if it's subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And so in high school, I did the whole, you know, feeling like a loser on Friday night, but I didn't last long because when I lost, when I quit cheerleading, I lost all of my friends, like it instantly. And it was so freeing not to have that expectation on me anymore. And to realize mm-hmm. that I didn't have to be that person. And since then I've always, ra- so it's very I always want to do this and I never want to do that and have to push myself to do the things I I never really want to. Right. Well, and it's funny because as a, I mean, I know all of like my friend group, we talk about it all the time is like, gosh, now like, yeah, keep me at home on a Friday night. I'm so exhausted from my work week that like, you won't catch me out on a Friday night or, and that's how I feel. I'm like, I, I don't, I've, I've always been a homebody. So I would always have to push myself to go out and do these things. And now I'm like, I feel like with age, you just grow smarter. You've learned a lot of things. You've gained a a lot of knowledge. And at some point you're also then that much more comfortable with yourself to be able to say, I don't care what everyone else is doing. This is what I want to do. And if only we could learn that stuff when we're younger, right? Like, if we could have that confidence, it really boils down to confidence. If we could have that confidence when we're younger, could we have saved ourselves a lot of, of pain? I don't know, not pain, but you know, just kind of turmoil in a sense of like really being conflicted. Yeah. Um, I think I did, but I don't think I learned it. I think I just made a different choice. Yeah. But you learn you, you learn. So I think you're still learning it, right? Like you by experiences, by experiencing something or by making a choice for the first time, you're ex you're learning that you like it. So then it's, it's like practice makes perfect. Once you, you know, keep doing it over and over and you feel good about it, that's you learning a new behavior that you're wanting to continue and you're wanting to forget the old behavior, you know? I, I didn't, it it was like, I never was, I remember it being one moment. It was like, oh yeah, I'd rather do this. I've always rather have done this all along. And I just, but that's what I'm saying is like that one moment of saying like, gosh, it just hit me. I would rather do that. That's you learning that that is better. You're better off doing what you would rather do than following a crowd or being with a group of cheerleaders and being held to this expectation. Once you quit cheerleading and realized, oh, I don't have to do that. That's you learning that that behavior is better for you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So it was like, so this is another thing that's a little deep, but I think we are ignorant and blind to the, a lot of the true things inside of us. Oh, 100%. Um, I heard it from somewhere, but 
it's so true. Your social identity is agreed upon by you and everyone else. Mm. You don't just get to be what you want. It has to be negotiated with the people around you. Well, and I mean, it goes into like, I see myself one way, but my friends see me a different way. And each person in my life is actually going to see me perhaps a different way, just slightly, or maybe, you know, really in a big difference, right. Based on their own vantage point or. And you're different to them than you are to the next person. Yeah. So you've negotiated that relationship essentially. Yeah. Um, happens in every social dynamic professional or intimate or whatever. But anyways, I think maybe for me, it was just like, I'll just be the same. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. And I don't care anymore. And that to me was so much better. And I've gotten, like you said, like people will be like, Oh shit. What's that girl? (laughs) What the heck is she doing? Or Or they'll be like, it's not time for that. Nobody says that, but it's, that's the sense you get. Yeah. Right. Like it's not time to go watch a music video and and try to copy the moves. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's not time for that. Um, Yeah. But yeah, for me, it, it doesn't have to be like, I'm always trying to connect intimately. In fact, I think I'm not usually trying to do that. I think I'm trying to, um, learn things. It's your questions. We've talked about this before. It's your questions. Your questions are probing. So I think it's more so of like, even if you're not trying to connect intimately, but someone's telling you a life situation, they're, they're telling the story to inform or to have a zinger at the end. And you're trying to get into the psychology behind it. Or like trying to start, I mean, Most people have gaps in problems. And if you're telling me a story that can help fill my gap or solve my problem, I want to know the logistics. That's that part of my brain is always turned on. Well, then I think you have to share that. You can't just probe at it. Like you have to share, oh my gosh, I had totally had a similar, and you've told me before that you do share like, oh, I'm going through something similar. Like, how did you handle that? Um, no, but not consciously. So that's very, very helpful. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Cause it's gotta be, you know, you have to like level set or you have to like yeah. have them understand why you're it's, it's a two-way street, right? You're not just like a, uh, in, uh, what's it called? A, a questionnaire. No, when you're like an, a, not a narrator, a monologue, a moderator, or- a moderator. Like you're not just a moderator, you know, sitting there on the sidelines of a conversation, Gosh. you know, like you're, you're part of the conversation you have to contribute. And I actually just recently had a conversation with someone that I had just met and he was, he was very, very personable, just like a rock star of a guy, right? Just, you know, you could tell he was a sales guy, all this stuff. You could talk to a wall just like me. So we, we hit it off and like, it was so fun and it was him and his wife and whatever. It was, it was a great time. Right. And so we're talking about, I don't remember what we were talking about really. And, uh, I think we got on the topic of, okay, well, why it's so funny. A lot of people don't know how to talk like this. And I was like, that's funny you say that. And he's like, yeah, I just, you know, I think, there's so many different sides of it. You, you have to know how to listen and then continue to ask questions about that person and be genuinely interested while yeah. majority of people are actually thinking, what can I contribute that relates to this? So if I'm talking about baseball and how I played softball when I was younger or whatever, the next person is going to chime in and be like, oh my gosh, I did too. I played this position and go off on their own story. Or as he was saying, the best way to like get to know someone and really have like that conversation is be like, oh my gosh, okay, what position did you play? That's so cool. Did you like it? And like all of that. And, and, you know, oh, my son is going through that. How did you handle that? You know, and stuff like that. And that's what I do. And that's what you do. And that (laughs) that's good. I think that majority of people though, are very much on the flip side of wanting to just contribute. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, Me too. You know? And ever since he pointed that out, I've noticed myself doing it, but also other people. And I'm like, I read a room and I'm like, oh my gosh, this person is just telling a story 
And no one really acknowledged that that was like a good story or, you know, anything about that. They just immediately went on to the next person's story that was similar. And I'm like, that feels icky. Like yes, hard in a group of like, I mean, book club, we, we have, you know, nine people, let's say that happened there. It's, it's like, Oh, how do you do that in a group of nine people? When you're talking to the masses, you can't like you, you can, but you can't like, it it has to be a group effort of interest. Right. And sometimes you're like, this isn't the setting for a 20 minute long story. It's just not, you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, or, or it's, it's just, you know, what, what is the setting if that, you know, if that is your setting of nine people, maybe, you know, you, you figure it out. Right. Yeah. So I think me too, not the political movement, but (laughs) the me too. I also have a story to tell about this topic can actually be preferable. So I don't, I don't do that. I go, Oh, same. And then ask a question. You know, so it's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I had this. Like I can relate. And I'll say, oh, same. And how did you solve that? I think that's good. What's your idea about that? Yeah. Yeah. I have an example really quick of why me too. We should probably call it something else. I have an example of why the, oh yeah, me too. I have a story. Let me share thing is helpful. So, and and why I need to use it more is, so an example is, Somebody tells me they've read Dostoevsky, great Russian author, probably my favorite. And I say, which book? Oh, Crime and Punishment. That's my favorite book. What, like, what did you think of Raskolnikov? What did you think of, you know, the ending? What did you think of his, you know, whatever? Like, I don't ask all the questions at once, but I'll just ask one and say, okay, so how did you relate to Raskolnikov and his thought process? And in this particular example, the person was like, <laughs> it started talking, like, it was kind of like, yeah, it was good. And then it started talking to someone else. He mm-hmm. didn't want to go into, or see, I, see, but to me that I would just take that as like, well, he opened the door and he, you just, you, you crack the door open and you just fully swung it open. And if he doesn't want to talk about that, just be like, yes, like, why can't we face it head on and be like, I, I, I either, I don't have anything to contribute. I don't really, you know, that's not how my brain works or say, ah, I don't really feel like talking about this right now. Can we talk about something else? Like no one does that. I think they it just was avoid. A, yeah. It was an insecure. I don't remember. It happens to me all the time. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I read that book. Oh shoot. It was in seventh grade. Oh shoot. I don't remember, you know? And then you're like, Oh shoot. I just connected to this person who actually knows the character's thought process and recently read it. And, you know, I think it's more of a, it would have been better if I had been like, Oh my gosh, me too. I love it. When Raskolnikov, blah, 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 blah. You know, if I had had my own story and then asked, do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it's situation to situation, right? Like you're never going to get it. You're not always going to get it right. Not never. You're not always going to get it right. And I think, I mean, there's, how do I say this? Like, it's like, it's almost like your tone. Like, I, I don't know, not yours specifically, but our tone. Like if we're, we're in that, if I was in that situation, right. Like I'm going to go back to body language. So body language, reading their face, you know, being able to, is he one foot out the door? Like once thrown away from me, like, did I just overexcite him by being like, Oh my God, that's my favorite book. If that's the case, if I, if he was just like, Whoa, then maybe I wouldn't ask my follow-up question of like, I just weirded him out, you know, or, or it's like, okay, so sorry. I just really freaked you out. Like, facing my, my being self-aware and facing it and being like, listen, I know I just freaked you out, but I would love to talk about this if you're down to talk about it. And then that gives them the window to be like, I actually, I read it. It was confusing to me, but I, you know, would either love to hear more of like what your thoughts are or Mm -hmm. it confused me. And I honestly don't have much to contribute. Right. And like, don't offer that up about something is I was just like my head in my head. I'm like crime and punishment. Come on. Yeah. Like there, I, it's I a mean, classic, I've never read it. It's a classic for a reason. It's got so many layers. It pokes at like these deep shadow humanity corners and you yeah. can't read it without knowing that. 
right? So like if somebody's read it and then like I got through the end, that tells you something about that person. Yeah. It tells you that this is someone who's on Gail's level of nerdiness and like wants to look and poke and directly shine light on things. And so that was, that really threw me for a loop that someone had read it. Yeah. (laughs) And then like kind of moved away from the conversation. Well, and something I always think about too, and this always, this always irks me, but it's just kind of a fact of life is when you're in a conversation with someone and they come up and interrupt you and like completely steal the attention away from like you and that person. And it happens like, that's just a fact of life. It's going to happen. Like it just is. And then you don't come back to it or everyone just like that person just forgets that conversation. I'm always the one of like, I wanted to finish, finish this conversation. So you may have gotten pulled away, but I'm going to pull you back in later and be like, Hey, I, I seriously wanted to finish that conversation. Um, and then like lead back into it. And I've read on people's faces that it annoys them. And I'm like, well, I don't care. I'm, I want to finish that conversation. You will feed me. No, (laughs) Well, no, I mean, and it's not, it's usually it's about like life, right? Like I asked them a question about the house they bought or something. And then immediately someone comes in and you know, whatever. And then, then, you know, we're organically back together again. And it's, it'll be a good friend. It's not like I'm talking about someone, you know, like that's a stranger, like it'll be a good friend. And we're back together organically again in the, in a party. And then I'm, you know, then I'm saying, oh yeah, we were talking about the house and then we were telling me about this. Yeah. 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 And like, I bring you're hungry. You're hungry for that information. Yeah. And so I just, it's funny because I don't notice a lot of other people doing the same or like rebringing, like I'm always the one to rebring like, oh, this is what we were talking about. Um, it's because you've learned how, yeah, you've figured something special out because you've learned how to maintain those competencies and strengths of connecting to people on a deeper level and remembering and tracking with them. Right. And that's from, and you've kind of like shed the other non-helpful things from our experience where we only had these raw bleeding heart, you know, connections with people, you've shed the things that you don't need and you've been able to maintain the other aspects that help you maintain those connections over time. Yeah. So like I, I do, I remember, I remember conversations when we're talking about psychology and the way things are and all of that. But honestly, I, I have them and I take sometimes a lot of the times I'll take what it means to me. And that's what I filter out. I take for me. Um, and then for on the flip side, I have to be very conscious of like, okay, Gail has these things going on at work or has this going on in her relationship. I should ask about that or, you know, whatever. And I have to be so, so conscious of that. So I, and that's the work that I put in for my friends. Um, if I'm not like consciously being like, I need to ask about that it's not going to happen. Or if I need to do something about that, it, nothing's going to happen. And I'll forget like, and it's, it's not because I don't care. It's more so like, I'm actually a very selfish person. I I will be the first to say that I'm, I'm very selfish. Usually a conversation is very much. What can it do for me? And I think a lot of people are, um, but everyone is selfish, but it's not always a bad thing. It's not, I need almost like a reminder or like a quote unquote trigger, if you will, of it to really fire on all cylinders. Yeah. I am that way for the non-big, you know, alarm ones. Yeah. You're, you're, you as the recipient, uh, you're more withholding. You kind of, you kind of pick and choose like, I'm not ready to talk about this. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny is I'm like definitely seen and like, even my dad's speech at my wedding, he was like, she wears her heart on her sleeve. Like, and I do like, everyone knows me as that I very much do, but I think in a different way, in a different way, like I, mm-hmm. because I, I internally think about just about every action I take, if I'm not ready to face it with myself, I'm not ready to face it with anyone else. And I didn't really realize that about myself until recently, like, but you do wear your emotions on your sleeve, but when it comes to like a complicated problem solving, 
you you withhold it because I want to I want to find the solution and again I didn't realize this about myself for the longest time it's, it was all very subconscious when I did it but and you've pointed it out before and that's kind of what got my wheels no turning, you pointed you I kind of did I you did. pointed you were like I haven't been talking to you because I know you're gonna ask this question and I was like oh shit she's withholding things from me <laughs> yeah and well because I don't like not having the answers. It doesn't matter if it's a problem of my own or someone else's problem. Like, I don't like not having the answers. I don't like not having the solution personally and professionally. It's like, I mean, even if I have to tell someone, I don't know, but let me find out. Like I'm confident in my skills to be able to find the answer. And so if someone's coming to me for that and that's my answer, I'm immediately on the computer Googling. I'm doing all the things to be able to fix it for them, for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not bringing that question to anyone else until I myself have made up my mind on a, why I'm having that problem and B what I think the solution should be. And if someone has an opposing opinion, great. I have all the ammo to talk about it, but at least I've made up my own mind for myself to be able to talk about it. Cause if I, unless I'm like super distraught and like the world is ending and like, I, I can't even think of a situation like I don't know, something with my marriage or something like that. I'm truly just like not skilled in. And I know someone else is, I'm going to go to that person first. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. use my resources, you know, um, like a great very yin of you. What? It's a very yin of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, I like I, a good example is like in work, there was a situation, right. I'm going to, because I know my friend knows some of the things I'm going to go to her first about that situation. And then, and then kind of that's helping me make up my mind. Right. Whereas if I were to come to you, I know you would ask me all of these questions and I would be sitting there like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And that's not a, that's not a conversation. (laughs) That's just a, I don't know. No, that's a, that's a probing for finding. Right. And it's a, it's a helping mechanism. It is. And I know that because you do do know, you do know, know. but I I know that I know how to ask myself those questions. Yeah. I know prayer is by the way. Yeah. My prayer is helpful. Yeah. Not to get religious meditating, whatever, like whatever faith you follow, whatever you want to call it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it took me a long time to realize that though, too. Yeah. I do have all the tools in my toolbox and resources to be able to answer some of them. And they're going to look different than a lot of other people's like my tools are. And actually I'm reading a book called real self care and it's very fascinating, but Hmm. it's not what you think it is. It's really interesting. It's more looking inward. It's very much like a lot of the stuff that you and I already do, but that is taking it. I would like to say like real self-care is more like taking care of yourself, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. how it's kind of portraying it. But anyway, so it's looking inward, being able to ask yourself those hard questions, whether that's like, you know, I love to write. I love to just sit and think. I love to read books to be able to help form those questions. I love to ride my bike or take a walk and listen to a podcast and be able to like, just hearing other people's perspectives, getting outside yeah. of myself to be able to form the questions that I need to ask, because nine times out of 10, my brain is literally sitting there on an endless loop of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I can't get out of the hole until I have an outside perspective. That's no one that I know that is like mm-hmm. helping me get to the point and just simply literally step out of the whirlpool that's happening and stop sinking and look at it from the outside. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I, I think the only thing resource I had access to, to help me get out of the spinning, that was my childhood was literature. And so that's why I still yeah. use uh, literature. I solved every, oh, yeah. time. every 100%. Single time. But like you, there are certain things that I have now I need to learn how to socialize properly with the women. I have great women friends. Like all, all my genuine good friends are, are females, but they're all like real. You know, I need to learn how to have 
is it called networking? I don't know, but you know, that surface level. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. So there's a couple of things that kind of come to mind. So like, I think I've said it before is just knowing your audience, read the room. And even though it feels like you're not being true to yourself, there is a way to do it. That's true to you. Um, and there's time and a place. Yeah, you are. And there's a time and a place. I mean, I, I think there's, here's the other thing. When people pass judgment on you, I read this quote one time when people are passing judgment, they're either insecure or they're also scared of what you're doing is also what they have. Right. So like, let's say, let's say you're dancing in the middle of the street and reflecting on myself. Yeah. Also reflecting something they don't want to see exactly and themselves. Right. So like, let's say, I see a stranger dancing in the middle of the street and I'm like, wow, that person's a wackadoo. I'm also saying like, gosh, I never want to look like a wackadoo. Right. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I would freaking love to dance in the street and not feel any remorse and be insecure about it. Right. Like, or it's, it's, yeah, it's showing you that you're afraid of something and you have to confront that fear. Right. Like the fear of judgment is a lot of people's problem. And so when and just being judged by others. So I think when people, when you feel eyes on you, or when you feel people like judging you or, or not responding to you there, you're also learning about them. Like there's a lot to be learned about them in terms of their insecurity, in terms of their, um, like you said, what they're, they're directly then reflecting back to themselves is, we're also conscious of what the world tells us we need to be doing or holding conversations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in reality, we're just scared. Like we're all scared to be either something we're not or, or mm-hmm. seen as seen for the true us. I think that's also a big part of it. It's you can learn a lot by people's resistance to you because you yeah. are so you yes. don't care what people think. You do in a sense that you want to make friends, but you don't in the sense of like, if you had a choice, you wouldn't, you would never succumb to what people want you to do to make friends. Yeah. So if you want to learn how to dance in the street, like nobody's watching, join us next week. Many <laughs> and gals podcast. Yes. And by the way, we do have these conversations at lunch in public and yes, it's very intimidating. It's, it's very fun. Hey, subscribe, rate us and leave a review. Find us on Instagram, the genuine gals. Our website is thegenuinegals.com. We'd love to hear from you guys on, on what you think. And honestly, what else you'd like to hear us talk about? So we'll catch you next week.